You heard how it went down. Now time to sum it all up. This is Bucks Talk, presented by Gruber Law Offices. One call, that's all. Recap everything you need to know about this game right now. Now here's your host, your analyst, and your MC for the evening. Make some noise! Justin Garcia. Every minute he plays, you know, it's just good for us and, you know, to have him you know, where we are right now, where he's finishing, you know, a lot of quarters or, you know, particularly that first and third. Um, it's been good for us. So, you know, I think he's just finding his rhythm and getting back and, you know, helping us, doing whatever he can to, to help his teammates. That is head coach Mike Budenholzer talking about the play tonight of Chris Middleton, the newly returned Chris Middleton, the guy who continues to be a difference maker for this Bucks team. And you heard him mention the first and third quarters Third quarter tonight for Chris Middleton, 11 of his 18 points, and he just continues to look better and better, continues to be a difference maker for this team. And as we had kind of tried to caution everyone, let's wait. Let's wait until we see this team get their stars back. Let's wait until we see extended minutes of Giannis and Chris and Drew on the floor together before we jump to any conclusions, before we wonder – is Giannis starting to regress? Are the Bucks still an elite team? Let's just wait until we see this full group together for an extended period of time before we jump to that conclusion. Five games is not an extended period of time, but it's hard not to like what you see so far as the Bucks are 5-0 and in those games played since Chris Middleton made his return January 23rd against the Detroit Pistons. And look, the other part is this. You can look at the schedule that's played, And you can say, okay, you beat the Pistons, you beat the Charlotte Hornets, you beat the Denver Nuggets, who essentially had no one. You beat the New Orleans Pelicans. Same story there. You beat the Indiana Pacers. But the fact of the matter is the Bucs are winning those games, and those are games earlier in the season you could not pencil in as an automatic win. In December, in early January, even in late November, there's no guarantee. We saw the Bucs lose to this same Charlotte Hornets team. You saw the Bucks cough up a 20-point lead on multiple occasions. One of them resulted in a loss. One was a game where you had to hold off the Toronto Raptors in overtime. There's been much more consistency. This was not a wire-to-wire win tonight. But up until those final two or three minutes, it was headed towards a very, very consistent win. Post-halftime, the second half, Bucks really took control of this game, and they've started to piece together more of that consistently playing much better basketball. That has been the constant for this team since Chris Middleton has made his return. 855-616-1620. That's the number to join us tonight on Bucks Talk as the Bucks 5-0 and now since Chris Middleton has made his return to the floor. We'll get to your thoughts after this on Bucks Talk. Bucks still have time with six seconds to work. We've got to go quickly now. Inbound pass went to Carter right back to Middleton. Sends it ahead. Matthews, desperation. Three, and he hits it at the horn. Knocks it down right in front of his own bench. And Milwaukee will take that bit of momentum into the second quarter. The Wesley Matthews buzzer beater. One of two threes that he hit in that opening quarter. Started to build some momentum thanks to Wesley Matthews. Thanks to Chris Middleton who scored 11 of his 18 points in the third quarter, and the Bucks remain unbeaten since Chris Middleton uh, made his return 2.0 five games ago. 5-0 and now 
are the Bucks, and this offense has been scoring at a much, much more consistent rate. 124-115 the final, in case you missed it. 124-115 is the final score. Let's head out to the phone lines. Uh, start in Milwaukee. I got a feeling that this call is going to be a good, good call. Will I am. You kick things off here. How's it going? Justin, the legend himself, man. Going great. How are you doing, bud? I am great as well. Awesome, man. So I got a couple of points here. I requested at the beginning of the game, Giannis going for 40 and 20, ended up with 34 and 18. I was so proud that he even just, this game didn't make much sense to me. Um, The shot selections, the ISOs, but I'm so proud that he was able to put up big Giannis numbers. And then my last two points here, like you've been saying all season, every call-in show, Everyone's got to be ready when your number and name is called. And my goodness, Wesley looked on point tonight. Hitting that corner three right before the end of first quarter, I just felt it. You could see him come alive. And then for him to keep knocking it down and having that plus 28 in the stat sheet on the plus minus, I can't believe it. And then secondly, I am so proud of Chris tonight. Chris Middleton coming out big again. I'm, I'm really proud that he's looking for his shot again. Some of his shots were kind of all over the place. But, hey, a win's a win, and I am so proud of our team. I know it was a little rough for Drew tonight, but, hey, man, that's the first rough slump he's had in a while. Still had a double-double. I'm so proud of our squad. And, Justin, they're looking to turn it up, and I can't wait to see that fully healthy Bucks team. Yeah, they uh, – and, look, Chris Middleton, this might have been – the best game we've seen. I know it's it's not many, but this might have been the best game we've seen since his uh, second return here. Just with everything that he he's he's done, and and I, I think we we talked about it a little bit on the game. But you see what he brings in terms of keeping the ball moving and his passing, his his ability on the pocket pass to whether it's Brooke or Giannis, whoever it is, he's the best on the team at that. That's an area that you missed when he was gone. His ability to get to the free throw line. It's basically just Giannis taking free throws. That's been sorely missed, and just his overall shot creating and shot making. It's why the offense has looked so much better. I know it's just five games, but the offense has been night and day different from where it was earlier in the season since he returned. Uh, I know you mentioned how happy you are to see him back here in in proud of seeing what he's been able to put together here in these handful of games. I certainly am too, and again, I'm not going to forget a couple of weeks ago when there was a large segment of Bucks fans who were ready to move on and said, well, maybe it's time that we explore a Chris Middleton trade. And those of us that pointed out, no, here's why, you're starting to see that these last, uh, what, week and a half now. Yeah, Chris Middleton coming through big, like you said, 19 minutes just under that 20-minute mark, 18 points, 8 for 8. We can't trade him. He's the key to our core. And when he comes out in balls like this, Justin, I don't think there's anyone even doable to trade for him like this. Yeah, and uh, thanks for the call, my man. We'll, t- we'll catch up with you later, and that's the thing. It, look, we're not entertaining a Chris Middleton trade, but there isn't a deal that's out there where you would get the value back for Chris Middleton. So that, that's kind of where the Bucks are at here. And you know, we've, we've said all season long, you've got to be patient. You got to be patient. You just got to wait until this team is healthy once again and and see what this group looks like when they have their full complement of players available. And 
you still don't have that. It's one game this season where we've seen the entire group available. Chris Middleton's return against the Pistons. Bobby Portis leaves late in that game, and now you're playing at least for the next couple of weeks without Bobby Portis. But in the short term, just getting Chris Middleton back, you see this team is constructed to have that trio on the floor together and how it's all connected, how this this roster makes makes sense when they're healthy. You needed Chris Middleton back for that to fully be realized and start to take off. And now we're seeing it. And again, you can point to the competition. You can say, yeah, but they played the Pacers. They played the Pistons. They played the Hornets. Pacers have started to slide out of the playoff picture, as we mentioned, clinging to 10th right now. Hornets are second worst in the Eastern Conference. The Pistons are worst in the Eastern Conference, second worst team in basketball. And then the two teams that we pointed to and said, you do have two tough matchups in January, but they're both home games the Nuggets and the Pelicans, well, neither of those two teams had their leading score. In the case of the Denver Nuggets, they essentially had no one. And really the same for the Pelicans. You didn't see Brandon Ingram. You didn't see Zion Williamson. You didn't see C.J. McCollum. Uh, we're, we're past the point of apologizing for that, though. The Bucks were on the opposite end of that for much of the early portion of this schedule. Games that you played, certainly without Chris Middleton. Didn't get Joe Ingles on the floor until December 19th. Games without uh, Drew Holiday. Now you're starting to get into it without Bobby Portis. The Bucks have had their share of games with none of that big three, with one of the big three, and a handful with just two of them. So Bucks don't have to apologize for beating who's on their the schedule in front of them when they've played the first two months and had the personnel the first two months that they've had. 855-616-1620 is the number to get in touch with us. That's the Old National Bank talk and text line. Old National Bank, get old as the Bucks take down the Charlotte Hornets tonight, 124 to 115. We will uh, take a look at what's up next for the Bucks. It's a 9 o'clock tip in Milwaukee, Thursday night. 9 o'clock tip for the Bucks and the Los Angeles Clippers. They are two teams that feel as though they have a lot of similarities. And again, if you want to point to some of the inconsistency, the up and down play, some of the bad losses that the Bucks had earlier in the season, you can point to all that. But I would counter with pointing to this Clippers team and showing you, look, very, very similar rosters, similar setting of personnel here. Things could be a lot different when you look at where the Clippers currently sit. But it should be a fun matchup on Thursday night. We'll preview that after this on Bucks Talk. Smith goes inside, blocked by Giannis, who comes away with a rebound as Smith went pummeling out of bounds. Giannis going downhill the other way, glides to the rim, lays it in with a foul. The Greek freak getting freaky here over the last minute. He has scored four unanswered, chance to make it five as he goes to the cup and finishes through contact. Yeah, a very, very quiet 34 points, if that's possible. A very quiet 34 points tonight from Giannis, who, you know, we talked about Chris just going into takeover mode for a large stretch of that third quarter. Giannis started to do the same for a couple of pockets in this game. But this was, I wouldn't say a frustrating game early, but for most of this game, you looked at it and and just thought, what is it about this Charlotte Hornets team that almost brings out the worst at times in this Bucs team? They just have not been a great matchup. I know the Bucs are winning games. They won tonight. They won in Charlotte earlier this year when they had no one. 
the game that uh, Dave Kane and I referenced uh, earlier on the broadcast between these two teams that went back and forth down to the wire uh, played last year. The Bucks did win that game as well, but you can point to some of these frustrating losses. The blowout loss at home when you had Drew Holiday and Giannis on the floor earlier this season. The loss in Charlotte that I've referenced a few times almost two years ago to the day in late uh, late January when you had a set of back-to-back games in Charlotte and in Houston and you lost both of those or excuse me, in Charlotte and New Orleans where you lost both of those games. Very, very bad play in those games. You gave up a high volume of threes. This Charlotte Hornets team just gives the Bucks fits. 127-125 was that other game referencing here. December 1st in Milwaukee a season ago went back and forth very similar to this game where it was close for most of the game. Two teams, Giannis and LaMelo Ball specifically, just went back and forth trading shots down the stretch. LaMelo finished that game with 36 points. Giannis scored 40. This Hornets team is just a bad matchup for the Bucks as we've seen. They're younger. They play fast. They get up and down the floor. We talked with Grayson Allen after the game, and, and he pointed it out too. Look, there's no way to slow them down. You just have to get back on defense. And honestly, you just have to hope that the Hornets either run out of gas or they start to slow down themselves because they did. We definitely saw Charlotte playing at a slower pace in the second half of this game. But the youth of the Hornets, the pace that they play at, the fact that this is the oldest team in the league that the Bucks have, I think those are all contributing factors. And in those frustrating losses we pointed to, the one constant has been three-point shooting. The Hornets have hit a high volume of threes in those games. They didn't do that tonight. And uh, in that game that uh, that we mentioned last year, they hit a high volume of threes, 21 threes, and still lost the game. So if you do a good job defending the perimeter, we've seen the Bucks do a good job against this Charlotte Hornets team, but that's just been easier said than done the last few years. 855-616-1620, the Old National Bank talking text line if you want to join us tonight on Bucks Talk. Old National Bank, get old. Up next for the Bucks is the Los Angeles Clippers. So we've made a big deal out of this being a 9 o'clock tip. That's because it's a national game. So this is your final game of the night, a nationally broadcast game. And on paper, you get why. The Bucks, the Clippers, these are two teams a lot of people had chosen to represent their respective conferences in the NBA Finals this upcoming summer. Now, if you look at the standings, may not be what you anticipated for at least the Clippers. For a, a portion of the season, wasn't really what you expected from the Bucks. If you took the 10,000-foot view and said, well, wait, wait a minute, why is this Bucks team where they are in the standings? Why, why are the metrics for this Bucks team where they're at? They're currently 34-17. and 17. It's starting to tick upward for this team. 76ers are playing much better basketball. They've been one of the best, if not the best, team in the Eastern Conference for the last two months. We'll take a look at the month of January as a whole, now that we put it in the books as well, and some of the numbers that jump out for the Bucks in just a moment. But this Los Angeles Clippers team enters at 29-25. and 25. They beat the Chicago Bulls tonight. They're off tomorrow. They come to Milwaukee on Thursday. And uh, it is a Clippers team that has suddenly won six of their last seven games. 
they're starting to get more and more players onto the floor consistently. A lot of that hasn't so much been injuries as we've seen with the Bucks. A lot of that has just been load management, and it's kind of what you sign up for when you have Kawhi Leonard. When you have Paul George, the way that the Clippers have, similar to the Bucks, a little more extreme, managed their player health. That's what's kind of put them in this hole. But, you know, the Clippers, to say they've been up and down this season is an understatement. At one point, they were 21-15, and 15, following a win on the road just after Christmas in Toronto against the Raptors. Kawhi Leonard taking on his former team and the, the, the place where he won an NBA championship. Clippers win that. They get six games above five hundred. Immediately after that, they would drop six consecutive games to get back to five hundred. Then they would lose three of their next five games. So the Clippers are at twenty-three and twenty-four. But as we've mentioned, from that point forward, they've gone six and one now. And a lot of that is they're healthy. They have their full or close to their full complement of players on the floor. Kawhi Leonard scored 33 tonight. He started to put together uh, a lot more scoring here. 30 has become much more consistent for Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi being on the floor has been a much more consistent thing for this team overall, and that's the biggest difference. So right now, the Clippers may in fact be the sleeping giant in the Western Conference because the makeup of this team is still one I don't know that any team is going to raise their hand and say this is a team I would like to face, especially early in the postseason when you have that wing uh, depth that this team has in Kawhi Leonard, in Paul George, in Norman Powell as well. It's just a team that is going to be the ultimate test case for where this league has kind of suddenly found itself. That If you look back the last couple of decades, really, not just the last few years, the last couple of decades, you look back, And we've started to see a little bit of a shift where it's not necessarily the team that is, by the numbers, been the best team in their conference or in basketball throughout the regular season or the team that has won the most games in their conference or in basketball that's gone on to win the championship. But it's typically been the number two seed or the number three seed, as we saw in the case of the Bucs. It has seldom been anything lower than that. The Clippers may be the ultimate test case here because there is a very good chance the Clippers are going to finish fourth or lower in the Western Conference. Now, health has started to become a factor for some of these other teams that we've seen, like the New Orleans Pelicans, who are currently uh, going through it, to say the least, in terms of their health. Denver Nuggets have dealt with that in the past. Memphis Grizzlies had some of that earlier in the season, but still, Denver's probably not going away. Memphis is not going away. The Sacramento Kings have crashed the party, and they still remain there. Sacramento's 28-21, third-best record in the Western Conference. The Clippers are seven games out of the top spot in the West, and they're a game and a half behind the Sacramento Kings. The Warriors are just a game back of the Clippers. The Mavericks are just a game back of the Clippers. The Phoenix Suns, the ultimate, keep your eye on this team, are just a game back of the Clippers. So all of that to be said, there's a good chance the Clippers are going to finish in the bottom half of playoff teams, fourth or lower in the Western Conference. But I don't know that that's a team you'd want to face in the playoffs. And Thursday night is going to feel like a playoff game because, again, all these games missed that we've seen from this Clippers group, 29-25 and 25 on the season, 
54 games played as a team. Paul George has played 36 games. Kawhi Leonard has played 27 games. Norman Powell has already missed 11 games. Marcus Morris has missed 8 games. John Wall's played 34 games. Reggie Jackson's missed 7 games. The list goes on and on and on, but 18 missed games from Paul George. Kawhi Leonard has played in half of their games this season. That's the biggest reason why you see this Clippers team where they're at, and that is not what we expect to see on Thursday night. So this is going to be one of the biggest matchups we've seen for this Bucks team all season long because of the way this Clippers team is built, to this point, I should say. Not that it's going to be for the duration of the season, but to this point, this may be the biggest game that the Bucks have had yet. I know you've played the Grizzlies already. I know you played the Celtics on Christmas Day. You've played both your games against the Pelicans. You played the Nuggets, but you played the front of those teams, the front of the jersey. You didn't see anybody in, in Denver. You didn't see the second time around anybody in New Orleans. You didn't have your full complement of guys, and you just weren't the same team when you played the Boston Celtics on Christmas Day. Right now, we expect the Bucks to be healthy. We expect the Clippers to be healthy and have their guys on the floor. To date, this is going to be the biggest game that the Bucks have played this season, and it's going to be very, very interesting to see how they respond to this challenge and the perimeter defense of this Clippers team, and specifically some of these tweaks and adjustments the Bucks have made, but a guy like Joe Ingles. Because you added Joe Ingles because he gives you that ability to facilitate on offense, the connective passes that he makes, his ability to set his teammates up. He's been in big games. He's another big wing. And when you talk about the Celtics, and I'm going to continue to mention, everything you do between now, February 9th at the trade deadline, anything you do in the buyout market, you are looking to add and acquire players that are going to help you beat the Boston Celtics. The Los Angeles Clippers and their roster construction when healthy may be the closest thing you have to the Boston Celtics because it's a wing-heavy team and they got a lot of big wings. So I'm very curious to see how this group looks against the Clippers for that reason alone, assuming we're going to see that entire team that's available on Thursday night. 855-616-1620, the old National Bank talking text line. Old National Bank gets old. When we come back, January's over. We'll take a look at the numbers for January and how they compare to December. December was a month to forget. January has been the opposite. We'll dig into the numbers after this on Bucks Talk. Bucks go the other way. Holiday's into the front court. 90 seconds into our second half. It's Drew Holiday. Step back three. Bullseye. Drew Holiday sticks what will go down as his first of the night. Yeah, Drew Holiday finishing this game tonight with 15 points. A career high, by the way. 13 rebounds, only three assists, but another double-double for Drew, 12. That matches what he did all of last season, double-double. So Drew Holiday, continue to point this out, I all but guarantee Drew Holiday is going to be named an All-Star one week from, I believe it's the same day as the trade deadline, February 9th, when we find out who the All-Star reserves are. Drew Holiday is going to be there. Eastern Conference Player of the Week a couple of weeks ago. The double-double numbers, everything that you've seen from Drew Holiday. And and to do this and to win Eastern Conference Player of the Week a week 
that you played exclusively without Giannis and Chris Middleton. And again, that's happened far more frequently than you would have hoped for. But for Drew Holiday to do it that week when his team needed it the most is another thing that really helped cement his case for uh, an all-star bid. Between that, I've mentioned this a number of times, but almost every single coach that comes in here into this building, when we get a chance to talk to the opposing coaches uh, 90 minutes before each game, almost every single coach goes out of their way or is prompted to a- answer a question about Drew Holiday or the Bucks' defense or offense, and it almost always comes back to Drew Holiday. So between all of that, the fact that he's going to have the vote of coaches and his peers, 99% convinced Drew Holiday is going to be an all-star when we find out who the reserves are in a little bit over a week. 855-616-1620 is the old National Bank Talk and text line to join us tonight on Bucks Talk. About 20 minutes left on the show tonight. But again, a big one on Thursday against the Clippers. We just told you where the Clippers are at in the standings in how much of an up-and-down season it has been for the Clippers. A lot of that has to do with the players that have not been on the floor for large chunks of the season, as we just ran through. Paul George has already missed close to 20 games. Kawhi Leonard has missed half the season. Some big-time role players that they have have missed double-digit games. That's that's nothing new for the Bucks, but the Clippers have really been to the extreme of the Bucks. And, and again, if they're healthy... It's a very, very good test to see how you stack up against a team that's constructed very similar to how the Boston Celtics are built. But speaking of players that have been on and off the floor, one player has made a big return for the Bucks. continues to come off the bench. It's time to take a look at our sub of the game. The bench mob was hungry, and someone ate. Who was it? Tonight's sub of the game is... Carter, around the screen from Lopez, flings it over the shoulder to Middleton. Middleton, step back three on the way. Yes, sir! A lethal bit of shooting from Cash. Money Middleton puts the Bucks ahead by three. He has scored Milwaukee's last seven straight. Those are three of Chris Middleton's 18 points tonight, and again, he played 15 minutes... Roughly 15 in each of his first three games back. He played 18 minutes against the New Orleans Pelicans on Sunday and tonight. That minutes total cranks up to 20. So you're gradually seeing the knob turned up just a little bit more for Chris, but certainly impactful tonight. 18 points, a plus 13 in the plus-minus and 11 of those 18 came in the third quarter when we saw the Bucks outscore the Hornets 33-26 to and uh, take that lead. Take that lead, period, as this game was tied at halftime and take the lead into the fourth quarter. So Chris Middleton big in the third quarter, which is where the Bucks started to build some of that separation. But an honorable mention for Wesley Matthews, who scored 11 points, and knocked down three three-pointers, but you continue to see some good defensive sequences from Wesley Matthews. He was really good on the glass for this team, and you're starting to see Wesley Matthews as more and more of a fixture in this rotation as well. The games that Wesley Matthews didn't play in this season, earlier in this season, I should say, I think a large portion of that is just preserving Wesley Matthews' health. But once you get into mid to late February, and we're almost there, Tomorrow is February 1st. 
once you get past the All-Star break, it is officially go time. And you see more and more of the training wheels being taken off. More and more guys playing in both the front end and the back end of a back-to-back, getting you set for that style of play. Not that you'll have back-to-backs in the postseason, but just getting you set for all of that. And as we're getting closer to that part of the schedule, we're seeing more and more from Wesley Matthews. And a lot of Wesley Matthews is going to be matchup dependent. But Wesley Matthews has been really good for this team ever since Chris Middleton returned. 855-616-1620, the number to join us tonight on Bucks Talk, the Old National Bank Talk and text line. Old National Bank, get old. With this game tonight in the books, the month of January comes to a close. So if we take a look back at the last two months here, it's two extremes for the Bucks. You started 9-0. and That encompassed, obviously, your first couple of games, the end of October, into early November. And then after that 9-0 and start, you closed out November basically playing 500. You have the, the, the week of five straight home games. You beat the Blazers. You lose a very, very disappointing, a winnable game to the Bulls. You had a big win against the Cavaliers, a big win against the Dallas Mavericks couple of other frustrating losses. You lost to the Rockets, right? You go into December overall feeling good, but still wondering, okay, when is when is this team going to be full again, right? When is Joe Ingles going to make his debut? When is Chris Middleton fully going to be here? Just waiting on a lot of these things. And December didn't go too well, to put it mildly. You played 15 games in the month of December. Ten of them were on the road. You did have a winning record, but you were just eight and seven in that month. Now, I'm going to continue to point to the Boston Celtics for as much as we point to 9-0 and start, but for the Bucks, Boston Celtics have continued to do similar things, and at this point right now, the Bucks are just two games back. You go 8-7 and seven in December. Celtics went 8-6. and six. Here's the big difference, though. By the numbers... The Bucks probably should have been six and nine, somewhere around that seven and eight in December. They had a negative net rating, just under one at zero point eight. The offense was not good, an offensive rating of one eleven point nine. In case you were wondering, twenty third in the NBA in the month of December. Your defense was fine. It wasn't great. It wasn't to the standard we've seen the last couple of years when this group is healthy. It was just fine at 112.6, 11th in the NBA. But you weren't great in clutch situations. Your net rating suggests you should have had a losing record. And we saw things like rebounding start to drop, lower than what we've grown accustomed to seeing for this Bucks team. In terms of overall rebounding rate, the Bucks finished the month of December not good. A 50% rebounding rate, which is not what you like to see from this group. Turnovers, way too high. Their turnover rate was second highest in the NBA. And all of the shooting metrics just started to plummet for this team. You wouldn't complain, and you'd said, look, with 10 games on the road out of 15, some incredibly tough matchups, we'll take this. But it wasn't a great month of December. Now that January's come to a close, the Bucks finished this month of January with 11 wins, 11-5, and 
most wins in the NBA this month. The Bucks, the Timberwolves, the Denver Nuggets, and the 76ers all won 11 games. The Boston Celtics went 10-5. and five. So Celtics have gone 18-11 and 11 in the last two months. The Bucks have gone 19-12. and 12. These two teams continue to mirror each other. Now the offense is still a work in progress for the Bucks. You got Chris Middleton back for the last week, but still... 22nd rated offense in the month of January. You went from 23rd in December to 22nd this month. Your defensive rating, same story there. Got a little bit better, moved from 11th to 5th. Your net rating still not where you want it to be. It used to be in the high single digits routinely for the Bucks. In January, your net rating was 2.1. Better than where you were in December, but still plenty of room for improvement Slowly but surely, this team is getting there, and the shooting numbers in January are what stands out most as this team finally started to connect from the outside and really everywhere for the last month, or for the last week, I should say, on a much more consistent basis. Uh, With that, take a look at those shooting numbers specifically after this on Bucks Talk. Moment of silence for the champions, for those who make going hard a lifestyle. 124-115 final here inside of Fiserv Forum. The Bucks take down the Charlotte Hornets, avenging that 29-point uh, home loss earlier in the month of January. So we told you how things have started to tick upward for this team from December to January. The wins column being the biggest area, 11-5 and in January. And specifically, in this month of January, in the 16 games, the Bucks averaged more than 17 made threes per game. Now, season as a whole, this team is averaging just over 14 makes per game. That is fifth best in the NBA. They averaged 17.3 in January, trailing only the Golden State Warriors, who averaged just under 18. Warriors played 13 games Bucks played 16, and they shoot 36% from the outside for the season as a whole. In January, 38.8% that the Bucks shot from the outside. Uh, that was ninth best in the NBA. You had a handful of teams shooting in the 40s and a couple of teams 39% just in front of the Bucks. Their 36% shooting, by the way, is 16th. So for the regular season as a whole, the Bucks. 16th in their overall three-point shooting percentage and 5th in makes. And again, in January, both of those numbers ticked upward. We've seen it consistently. And tonight, same story, where the Bucks hit 15 threes. So that number, larger than their season average, they have consistently been knocking down shots. You had a couple of 20 or more made three games throughout January. But they were making a stretch there of uh, nine straight games with at least 18 three-pointers made for the Bucks. We'll wrap up the show after this, give you some closing thoughts, and preview the matchup with the Clippers next on Bucks Talk. Stop me now, your final score here inside of Fiserv Forum is the Bucks now just two games back of the Boston Celtics for the best record in basketball. So, again... We've said this consistently now, not just for the last uh, week to close out January, ever since Chris Middleton made his return, but it's been the, the constant theme on this show for most of the season is, look, 
things can be a lot worse. Look at everything we just said about the Los Angeles Clippers, where they currently sit. Fourth place in the West, but it is a very, very volatile standings that you have in that Western Conference. Not a whole lot of space separating 4 through 11, really. Fourth in the West, their guys haven't been on the floor. They're close to 500, and here you have the Bucks. Two games back of the Celtics for the best record in basketball. Second most wins in all of basketball so far this season. The uh, second best home record in basketball. And by the way, this uh, this win tonight and this loss by the Cavaliers means the Bucks have the best home record in the East. Third best home record in basketball, I should say. Only the Nuggets and the Grizzlies have been better. But the Bucks have been the best team at home in the East. So it could be... Much, much worse. Just look at the Clippers. Speaking of, Clippers is our next opponent Thursday night, 9 o'clock tip-off here inside of Fiserv Forum. 8.30 is when our pregame coverage will begin. And, as always, we will join you immediately after the game with a late-night, early-morning edition of Bucks Talk on these airwaves. My thanks to everybody for tuning in for the last hour. To Tommy Wirtz and to Chris Larson for helping produce the show tonight. We will talk to you Thursday night with more Bucks Talk.